Welcome everybody to the Swiss Army Man podcast, episode number 11. Um, this is my first podcast where I have a guest. Uh, super excited to have this guest on. When I started the podcast, I wanted it to be a personal, like open and honest and everything, just be my true self kind of podcast. So I couldn't think of anybody better to have as my first guest than my very own brother, the awesome artist, Jonathan Gordon. John, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's been a it's been a, a little bit since we chatted. Actually, we talked last night to set this up, but uh, but before that, uh, I hadn't really talked to you since uh, I saw you on vacation. So that's true. Yeah, yeah, we've both been busy. So um, I live in Colorado. You live in Virginia. Um, but before we get started down that path, uh, I wanted you to tell everybody kind of like a synopsis of like what you do for your career because it's a pretty awesome uh, line of work you're in, and it's very. Uh, multifaceted uh, as being a kind of basically small business owner, entrepreneur, uh, run the gamut of everything. So uh, please explain some of your, uh, I guess your day-to-day -day job, what it is, and then also like some of your accolades and things that you've done throughout your career. Well, by day, I'm a sports artist. So I do sketch cards for custom trading cards and um, represent my, uh, um some market companies so it's freelance artists um i've worked for tops i've worked for upper deck uh worked on marvel projects sony projects luke's film projects uh by night i do portrait art and commissions uh larger scale pieces i mean that's about it so so you're basically a, in jack of all trades artist essentially you can do a little yes. bit of everything yeah. I know, I know, obviously, from growing up, obviously, you've been in my life, my entire life, um, that you have you do sports is kind of like where I saw this whole thing start for you. But obviously, you've done pinups and you've done um, just like kind of like portraits. It's photorealism. That's the style, correct? I mean, photorealism. Oh, yeah. That's that's how I draw. Like I always am, uh, envy artists who can do more cartoonish uh a more cartoonish style that's like cool and dynamic but like i just how my brain sees it it's more photorealistic and i i actually I mean, like it i actually really think it's uh it's something as i was thinking about recently um because uh, i know you're not a big twitter user but um i have a decent following on on twitter and most of it's coming from um doing things for the pat mcafee show uh as like little one-offs i've actually like taken like inspiration sort of from you in that realm of like kind of how to see things and break them down. I probably wouldn't have been able to like look at things and break them down if I hadn't yeah. been around you for so long. Um, Cause I'm not an artist by trade. That's not what I do, but I do have a creative slash business mind. So like I kind of use the same structure to like break things down. How do you break things down in your like, um, like, cause I know I, you know, obviously you're doing photorealistic stuff, but then you like add these like backgrounds that are like, more artsy like how do you like when you come to like structure a piece how does that work for you do you think of the background first do you think of like what would be cool behind the layover all that kind of stuff so like when i do uh uh <clears throat> when i do like a larger portrait like a pinup that has large background in it detailed background in it i usually go with the background first so like i collect like i go to thrift stores or um i scour online and i find like interior design uh, elements. So, like, I love my art. I just got like a ton of them sitting on my 
podcast. I'll I'll cut out uh, anything that I that I see that I like, and then sometimes I like take the idea for like a living room or a kitchen, and I don't like the lamp, and I like a lamp from another thing, and I put the lamp in there, and so it's always like the background first, and then I will go to models who I'm friends with or friends of mine and say, "Hey, can you do this pose?" And this specific pose, because it allows this much room in the background for me to put the elements where I want to put them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So like, so you're definitely like, it's almost like a composing a shot of like a photo, but obviously you're doing it from like a, like a artistic, yes. obviously like actual, like art paint uh, version of it. That's kind of, that's a, that's a really neat, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever asked you that question. This can be actually an interesting interview because I don't think we've really talked a ton of art. In our... I always try to think of it cinematically. <laughs> so like, you, like when you, when you're, when you're making a movie and you watch like a, like a Fincher documentary about like him making his movies, like they have like the set director, like work on like the set and then they have like a different person work on the costuming. And so I try to think of it cinematically like that. It's where like this person even though I'm drawing them still is just like one screen cap from like a movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. That, that, ex that definitely explains like some of the pieces that like are some of my favorites of yours or like that you've taken from like a movie or something that, yeah. that explains that. Cause I, that's kind of sort of a similar way that I've, I've done mine is like the thinking things of kind of still one at a time. Um, and then mm -hmm. like bringing them together. Uh, obviously mine moved when I make like a cartoon or something, but like, it's basically, it is a one at a time. So you have to kind kind of compose the background to make it like look proper and stuff. Um, so that's really that's that's actually really cool, awesome that you think of that. So you're, I guess it, that just made me think of a question. And you think of it like a set design or like um, a costume design, and like somebody on a film cinematically. Does it ever get like tough for you because you're also the director in this piece? And then yeah. So like, does that like does it sometimes like you're like I thought we were headed down this vision but then it ended up this vision. <laughs> there are definitely times where like uh, I pick the, so like even though I pick the background first, I draw the model in first. Yeah. And then put the background in. And so there's sometimes where I'll draw the model out and it looks so good kind of on its own that I don't want, and I already had a really busy background plan for it. Ah, you don't want to take away. Where I'm like, okay, and like that's why I have next on my desk sitting like on my desk, I have like full portraits done where they have no background in because I started with a really busy background, but the portrait itself was so good that yeah. if I put the background in that busy, like it would take away from it. So I'm, I kind of leave it unfinished. Yeah. Until I can figure out what I want to do with it. Huh. That's a, that's interesting. So like, I wonder if that's a, I don't know, this is totally just me talking out of my ass, but um, I, so I'm left-handed, you're right-handed. Yeah. As a lefty, I look at a picture. Like, so if you put, if you post a piece of art on your like Instagram, I will look, my eye goes to the two, like if I'm looking at it to, so my left back, and then I kind of look at the depth to forward. Do yes. you do you do do you think in opposite way from forward to depth or depth to forward like because it because your art especially like I know like when I look at it it is very it's almost like got like a deep texture even though it's flat yes so it's like for, so I and I know there's other artists that are that are like that and I enjoy those artists and um but like I think I look from the back to the front 
So I don't know if like as like you look and, at the at the artist if it's like both ways or if it's like a specific way you kind of look at it. And see, I'm the same way. Like uh, just because I love doing the background so much, um, like see, the secret is is like I love doing the backgrounds and I love doing all of that little architectural stuff and the paintings on the wall and the wallpaper and like yeah. I can kind of like go zen when I just do that. That's and cool. so I would happily just do that. But the problem is, is if I just posted like these portraits of like these really cool ornate rooms that I've like designed from like other rooms. Yeah. Like no one, no one's following that Instagram. So <laughs> like, that's like you, the niche of the niche. <laughs> but if you put like a half naked woman in front of it, that, like sense. people want to look at Makes all sense. of a sudden they're like, you, you've got them in with the half naked <laughs> woman. And then they're like staying for the, like the cool architectural stuff in the background. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's cool. I mean, I feel like that's definitely like almost like a um, an old school kind of technique because I'm like all of the stuff like you see like the Mona Lisa or like stuff where there's like somebody clearly, but there's stuff going on behind. Oh yeah, yeah. probably the same, probably the same mentality. <laughs> exactly. Like I want to draw I mean, the cool landscape, yeah. but no one's really gonna look at it. Yeah, everyone's doing landscapes. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> so that's awesome. I'm glad we just kind of got off track on that. That was a uh, that's that's a uh, I've never asked you that question. I've I've always meant to like ask you like about that. So that's kind of super awesome. Um, so starting with the actual kind of interview, the first question I did want to ask you, because uh, I don't actually know the origin story. I just kind of know because growing up, you just kind of like you were doing this art and you were like winning art school pro like art projects or art. What do they call art show stuff? You were winning art show to awards and yes. stuff, and then you were just doing it professionally. Um, so what led you to this profession was my first question that I wanted to ask you. Like, I know knowing you, I know like yes. having, having, watching you as a little kid, remember you always drawing and getting better and, and doing it all the time. So it was kind of just like the first thing that took like um, just doing sports art. And then it was like the first thing in adult life that kind of caught on that like people noticed so working with minor leaguers and then like them telling other minor leaguers about my artwork and then like just getting like that many people wanting my artwork and talking about my artwork and it was the it was just like okay you're on the right track so just keep doing the sports art and then when you uh, my first professional 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 like i had other things like doing book covers and stuff like that but like my first professional thing was this lawyer from uh, New York who wanted me to do these sketch cards and pay they were they were like basically what I do now but just of like Muhammad Ali or Michael Jordan they were just specifically those athletes and they sold like he he took the risk on it and he put them out and they sold and I was like holy shit people pay for these like yeah. I'm like wow okay and then I just thought he, he kind of had me draw the things he wanted me to draw. And then that was it. And then I was like, well, I'd like to draw these athletes that are younger. Like, I think it was like Jeremy Shockey at the time or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I want to draw these guys. He's like, well, I have no interest in John. Well, do you mind if I do them? Like, just like you do them. And he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. So just started doing it out of the bedroom. And like you did some of the early cards too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, that's why I was, I was, I was, la <laughs> I was laughing because it, <laughs> it, when you said Jeremy Shockey, I do remember that this was like, like Barry Zito, Jeremy Shockey, like, 
mm-hmm. Byron Leftwich, even I think. Um, yeah, but then like, just... yeah, I was gonna say just... the then let's just what were you gonna say? Oh no 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 no! We were watching. <laughs> we would just watch Sports Center, hang out, and watch Sports Center, and then be like, let's draw this guy, and then we'd sit there and draw that person, and then yeah. so they were the card the next day, and yeah, they uh, would sell and. And it, it was absurd. It was not. It was crazy because it was like it was the heyday of like uh, the internet exploding. Of like you could actually online business like yes could be a thing. And then I like just remember like blowing up. So like we we were obviously very big sports uh, fans, and uh, so LeBron James was just hitting the fucking map. Yes, yes, high yes, school. Yes. And I remember we were like let's let, let's do it and you drew one version i drew a version and yes. we like we put them out and we it was a hot spot of grading becoming a thing too yes and we were the first like kind of cards that like got graded that were like art yes like be, while he was still in high school but so, yeah you're leaving out the fact that like beckett magazine well that's where i was that's where i was leading yeah, yeah, to yeah. it because that was an interesting ex- so I went from being like a straight out of like high school, went to college for a short, short span, hurt myself, came back home, was like, what am I doing with my life? I think you were kind of like, man, this is kind of my thing. Let's figure it out. And I was like, all right, like, let's go for let's the do ride. It together. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so like doing wait, that. Wait, wait, before we get too far into it though, <laughs> do yeah. you remember what our other business at the time was? <laughs> Burning CDs? Yes. <laughs> like, Buying like, buying CDs, burning like, them for like, our own collection, and then like the artwork them. was fun and everything, and it was great, and it's like it's led to a career. But at the exact same time, yeah. on the exact same like eBay account, yeah, me and you would go buy like whatever CDs we wanted. Yeah, we'd take them in, burn them into our iTunes. Yeah, and then like half the time, sell them for exactly the same amount we we bought them for, or, if not or more. more. Yeah, Nuts. on eBay, and then yeah. We were just like shipping out these and just, just like filling up our our. It matters now. You have like I like I uh, Apple Music and stuff like that, and they're all in there. But at the yeah. time, we were like <laughs> we had the scheme and we yeah. were working. At the time, you couldn't get yeah, it, dude. It was working. It we were making money. But like I, that's the thing is like I remember the LeBron James thing because it was so it was such a weird flip. It was the first time in my life that I've ever seen anything. So like I obviously watched the work go into the the art piece i watched us make those into cards i watched us cut those cards i watched us send those cards off get graded and then sell them and then going into a kmart that was down yes. the street from our house so it wasn't a kmart so what happened was the toys r us it was toys r us and okay uh, our neighbor had a baby shower that's right so we were going to get a baby shower gift <laughs> and all of a sudden like Toys R Us used to have that. It was, it was, a, it was like you had all sports cards, had some sports magazines, and they had the Beckett special Beckett basketball magazine for LeBron James. Hadn't even yeah. played in the NBA yet. No, and I remember the reason why you picked it up. Do you remember the reason you picked it up? I don't. This is gonna tell us. This is gonna kind of reveal like the age we lived in. We lived through the the burgeoning boom of the internet, basically. The reason why you picked up the LeBron James thing in the first place happened to be because you were like, I need more pictures to draw of LeBron James. Yes, 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 exactly. 
Because <laughs> yes. the internet wasn't as easy to find no. stuff. Like no, like, no, like it is now. Like, no, like Google, you you <laughs> pop up maybe like this. Like I remember, like at that point, probably you're like on ESPN page two or something. Yeah, and it has like a small picture, like yeah. this, like this tiny. Yeah, and you just pull up we would draw from so we would like screen we would maybe like screen cap that page or something yeah or like i, I forget how it was you you would click on the image you and the somehow image would come to... up this <laughs> big and you're drawing from an image this big that if you yeah. blew it up any bit it was just pixels yeah just pixels so you, yeah. your best option was to like buy a magazine or something or a newspaper yeah that had a really good image on it that you could draw from yeah, so that's why you picked it up in the first place. And I remember you flipping through it, and then you were just like, Tony, 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 Tony. And I'm like, what? I think I was looking at like McFarlane action figures or something, probably, most likely, because yeah. that was the time frame. And like, I was like, what? And you were like, dude, look at this. And you flipped it open, and it was like top collectibles, like a list. And the so company is AOJ Litho. AOJ Litho. Still company. is, still today. <laughs> and the top two are literally alphabetic order. R two image R two cards in the yeah. Beckett. Which, by the way, we were big trading card fans growing up. We did shows, all that Beckett kind of stuff. Beckett is literally why I started doing sports <laughs> art. Is the yes. first page of the Beckett, the inside cover was, was always art artwork. Yeah, and I was like, I would love to be on that one day. And then, sure enough, like <laughs> we're in Beckett. <laughs> I did like I'm probably like 20, and you're probably like 18 at that point. Uh, I was, so, I was, I think I was literally 19 years old, maybe. Yeah, and I was like 21. Like, it was yeah. just like, yeah, it was, it was like, like okay, this. So, so then, yes, so we find so that these th cards, which we thought, we thought at that point, like, we were making tons of money. Cause, like, yeah. we were, I remember we were like an Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just remember, like, we thought, I remember one night where we're cruising through Walmart in the middle of the night. Yeah. To buy our CDs. Yeah. And we're like, we're just laughing to each other because we're like, <laughs> we're making so much money. <laughs> Because we're sitting, we're sitting there, and we're making like 200, 300 bucks a night just yeah. doing these cards. Exactly. And so we're like, we're, we're still living at home. We're 21, 19. We're like, we had no bills. We're just like, we're, we're just like rolling in it. Like, yeah. like, like me and you were like, we're like Rick Ross or something. Like, dude, we might as well have been. Yeah. <laughs> and it riding around your Jetta. And like, yeah, my Jetta. <laughs> yep. And we were just like, this is the life. Like this is what we're gonna do the rest of our lives. Like this is great for sure. Yeah, it was wild. But it was then, like, and so we thought we were making enough a lot of money then. But then, like the minute that magazine drops, and we have like this stack of like graded cards that I'd sent off to get graded, like 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 they were limited edition because we made a certain run. Yes, but we literally had like all but maybe ten of them left. Yes, like, like we, we had, had just started it. <laughs> yeah, we, we had just them, started. Like, we had just started it and we were doing them like one a day. So to kind of see how like, we were kind of seeing, trying to gauge the market on like F1 was up, like what we could like bid it, what we could get bid up to. Right. And so we yeah. were doing, we were doing them, I think like three day auctions. And yeah. Like, we were putting them up like one every like three days or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was, we had the benefit of the fact that we were not deep in either of those runs. No. So not we immediately put those up and started putting them up like two a day or something. Yeah, yeah, and they were selling at like two hundred and fifty dollars a piece. A piece, like literally a each. piece. Yeah. So it gets to the point where, like, at one point, like we couldn't sell them fast enough, and we had yeah. so many people like wanting them. Yeah. That we were selling. Uh, 
we were selling clo- moving close to a thousand dollars worth of trading cards a day. At yeah, one. easy. Yeah, yeah. And it was like we went from like just skittering, laughing in the store <laughs> at like making like two hundred dollars a night to like making a thousand dollars a night. Yeah, overnight and not having a clue what to do with it. Yeah. So I remember us going to the mall and just buying like stupid like new shoes, <laughs> a lot um, of new shoes, <laughs> a lot of new shoes, a lot of your a lot of new guitars. Like I, oh yeah yeah my entire guitar collection <laughs> was definitely bought off the back of uh, LeBron James. Yes. Uh, I bought like a Yuhu, like uh, or like a, a lot of belt buckles for some Yo, reason. A lot of, like, dude, yeah, belt buckles. belt buckles. Hats, at the moment. hats belt buckles, hats, like uh, uh, t-shirts. Like, uh, d- like I don't think I washed clothes for like two years. No, because we just bought like every single t-shirt. <laughs> I was just ball. like, I need a like, new shirt. Like, I'll just go buy one. <laughs> right. So, uh, totally, like, totally stupid of us to not like have any foresight of like banking. And well, the we banked. Time. I banked some of it, but like. The amount of times that I think back and I'm like, oh man, yeah. we could have managed the money a little bit better in those early years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was it was nuts though. But that was like that was like literally one of the first things, the best experience probably that happened to me that that young is like I watched a business form and blow up. Like yeah, just like and like we were like stuffing the envelopes. We were like listing everything. We were like oh, making yeah, the product. Yeah, it yeah. was like me a two man show, man. Like watching Mallrats, Days and Confused, like all those movies, like seven thousand times while we're like doing everything. Like watching just stacks Sports of envelopes and just nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, like going to Denny's at two o'clock at night, bumping Tegan and Sarah records. There was like no. There was no. Like it was com- a complete blur because there was like no line between like working and hanging out. No, we just hung out and like while we're watching movie, like whatever new movie we just bought on DVD. Yeah, <laughs> that we were. That was the thing. It was like also the height <laughs> of DVDs. So when we were buying the CDs and stuff, we'd buy like like whatever four new DVDs came out. Yeah, we like, would watch them or, like, and we'd watch them in the cell. <laughs> right, and we just pop them in and we would just watch this like these new DVDs. Yeah, and wait, the TV was set up in like. It was in my all in my room, and like yeah. the TV was set up in the corner. Computer yeah. sitting right here, so we're handling the auctions and shipping out everything. Yeah, and then we have like the futon over here, and like one of us is drawing, one of us is handling the auctions and the orders, and we're both watching TV at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. we would like only leave when we were like hungry. We'd go to Denny's <laughs> or something. Yeah, or go to the mall and hang out if we needed to like walk around a little bit. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a crazy crazy experience. I mean, just like the the well, we nuts. were hustling, dude. We yeah, like it's funny because like I like the age of the entrepreneurs like right now. Like I just knew a yes. lot of Gary, Gary V and a lot of flipping things. And he started out. He was like, I started out. My thing was trading cards. And then he opened. And then he went into his dad's liquor store, like wine store, and like realized people collect wines. And he blew up. And obviously, he's worth millions now. But yeah. like. Like that's what he talks about, and he's still like he's like I love. He just did a trading card show, like just for the fucking fun of it. Basically, he was like, I, "This is like my roots. Like I did, like love this shit." Like, and it's like I think there's so much that was like came out of that generation, like of mm-hmm. us. Like there was so much. Like we were essentially like little stockbrokers, but our stocks were like these little cardboard. Cards. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was like so absurd. And then we and then like, we'd even do shows. We would go do shows, and we would sell the cards at the shows. Yeah. For like a big amount. Like and the great thing for me was like at that point I realized like okay it's kind of like you were talking about when stockbrokers and these trading cards are stocks, but I I don't have to wait to pull out a card that's limited. Like I could create something and because the art's so good, 
Like I can, and like I look back at the art, it's awful. Like the like for, compared to what I do now, like the art. Well, yeah, but but that that's the thing. So like that, we're talking when this is like all booming, two thousand one, two thousand two. You're yes. talking seventeen years. You've put together a career, like yeah, your career has been your career is longer than some artists that have like been like world renowned for for millenniums at this point like, like, I, was, like I was sitting there and i was thinking about it and like it was 2019 no 2000 so it would have been 2000 i think when i launched uh aoj with the cards yes for sure and we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of aoj with the cards yeah me doing them continuously for and now it's all sketch cards like there's no printed cards yeah yeah everything See, that was the thing cards. that was the other thing so like a lot of those were just prints right the well, arts. We, we would do the artwork on a bigger scale like a and then, larger and, like 11 by 14 11 by 17 and then we designed them onto a card which is like also them. like the thing that we both love is like the the backgrounds and i think right. we got that from sports cards oh yeah oh yeah definitely like skybox like the early skybox cards yeah were like and like the way that the fleer were designed like with the background and with the back of having the little wooden heart oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like though definitely like the the design sense comes from from yeah sports cards and yeah. for sure and it's crazy because we share that we both definitely like grew up in that era like of like we were both and I, it's funny because i don't think we've ever really ever talked in depth about that but like literally like i think part of what drew us to collecting a certain card or a certain like set was the design piece of it oh yeah for sure so yeah so like it's crazy that like what we kind of do now like what i get n noticed for i'm uh, not obviously my regular day job but like the thing i get noticed most for is like the random design of things and now it's like yours is obviously as being an artist what you've done for like years and like yeah, oh yeah definitely ridiculous so like yeah it's just a just a crazy. I can't believe it's been twenty years almost. Holy! Like, shit. and you don't need to play down your creativity because like you, your cards were like as good as my cards. <laughs> oh like, no, my art was like, my art was not anywhere near. Oh, it was and like, like, like the th and as good as your art was, like if you stuck with it, like you would have been able to work at top upper deck as well. Like it's. I mean, maybe I don't. Know. It was great. I don't know. You were the you were the goat. It was like one of those things where I was like, I don't want to chase down the goat for the, like the rest of my year, like the rest of my life, like. And I would have, I think I would have, I would have been like, uh, there's that, who's the comic book? Uh, what's the comic book equivalent? There's like brothers that do do it, right? There's, uh, I can't think of Oh yeah, like there's the Cuba brothers, but they're kind of both cool, yeah. but like, like you didn't want But you like there's to... definitely a one that's like got like a little more clout. Right. Like you didn't want to be the Ozzy Canseco to my Jose Canseco. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> but actually the funny thing is, is this is how I operate as a human being. I don't. I don't like being, and this is part of the reason why I hate, like, uh, what I hate about sports and what I will argue random things about is I hate the recognition of someone who's not as good as the other person. And so, honestly, that's almost what I worried about worse was surpassing you in, like, just the collective consciousness of people. But yeah. having to be like, I am nowhere near as good. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Because that's that's how it's, I operate. It, it's it is shocking that I've had the career that I have have had. Because like you know me, and I'm probably the worst promoter of myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we just talked and about I'm that like, when I was on vacation. <laughs> I am the worst <laughs> promoter of like, like I don't. I I have a Twitter, and I promoted my Twitter today on Instagram, nice. like on my stories. But like, I was like, follow me if you want to. But like, I I I have like an annual tweet. Yeah. Where I remember my Twitter password, and yeah. I'm like. 
And then and my tweet is always like, oh, by the way, guys, I do artwork. Uh, uh, here's my Instagram. <laughs> nice. Well, at the end of this, my one of my last questions is where people can find you. So we're going to wrap all of that up. And, we're and it's literally sure. just it's literally just Instagram because like Instagram stays signed in. Wow. So I can't forget the password <laughs> because that's how that's... bad I am at like social media and like promoting uh, myself. It's dude, like, I I am like that too. I, I'm. We're talking. Me and me and uh, the wife are talking about getting a new uh, uh, new phones and giving our kids, our daughters, the phones. Yeah. And our old phones. And I'm like, I'm afraid to get a new phone because I don't remember any of my passwords. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't and know if I can log back in. <laughs> yeah. And that's me. Like, like yeah. I, I literally, I ask my wife all the time. I'm like. Baby, what's my uh, what's our Netflix password? What's uh, what's our Amazon password? Yeah, I have no clue. I don't know any of them. I have no none of my none of my passwords. Oh man, this is like literally my favorite. Uh, I'm so glad we started with you because like like literally we have so much that like our our obviously our stories run because we've lived a lifetime together. But like just like hearing you talk, it's like it it it. It's so much it's, fun it, to watch you like kind of go through your your career, um, which is awesome too. Because it's like, a really unique relationship because the way we moved around. Like, yes, as military kids, the way we moved around as military kids, like we always had each other, and we yeah. always kind of had like the same interests. So like we, we spent more time together, I think, yeah. than most brothers. Like oh, for sure. So, and so much, even though we had like those years of difference. Yeah, like we were always watching or or collecting or, you know, we were always doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Whether it was wrestling or, uh, oh yeah, yeah, movies <laughs> or action figures. Yeah, like we were doing the same thing. So like, every memory I have, like, uh, so like, like a little bit of a like thing that I've noticed in life is like my wife, her sister's eight years younger than her. Yeah. So you can't, so they don't have like a lot of her stories are just her doing things. Yeah. And I realized like every single one of my stories, whether it's like grand, grandpa taking us to like campus and like throwing us in dumpsters. Yeah. That Michigan State campus. And, like, by the, like, by the way, letting everybody know our grandfather was like the guy who went and unlocked all the doors and like cleaned up. Oh, yeah. Because it just started State. really random. Like, oh, grandpa just took us to this yes. campus and threw us in a dumpster. Like, Our, our grandparents <laughs> met on the campus of Michigan State University. Our Both our grandparents um, on my mom's side worked there for their careers. That was it. And our grandfather was like one of the most awesome dudes ever. And our grandma's awesome as well. But like our grandfather, we we connected to so it's actually one of my questions now it's a great time so like uh i have my tattoo i have my detroit lions yes. tattoo. oh yeah uh you do too as well we have matching tattoos right. uh my brother right. my brother showing his some of his dumbness as you can see if you're watching uh real kind of life scale his is like three times bigger than mine yeah. um the story that i gather is when you went to get get it you told me this story uh you thought mine was much bigger than <laughs> i did and I got did. <laughs> Cause you're like, I got mine. Uh, you're like, I got mine on my upper arm. Yeah. I had, I, I had it. space to fill though. Like I had a little, it was just, I had to fit it in that space. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. You were like, Oh, I got, I got my, got mine on my, on my upper arm. And so in my head, I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> it's yeah. Right? And so I'm like, God, I got even that out. Like, how am I going to do that? So I was like, well, I gotta get, I'll get the back of my you yeah. know, forearm. Cause you are much more tatted up than I am. Uh, I have quite a few, but you have a lot. Um, I think you might have, I think you might have more of me at this point now. I don't know. Would you want to do a random count? 
I one two Wait, two three, three four five six four five. Seven, five. I, got I got five. Eight. I have eight. Six. I got six. I got six. So yeah, six. but you okay? But you have like your entire chest done. But so. my entire chest is done. Yeah. So so oh, that's one big piece. So you probably <laughs> yes. have more skin. You probably have more percentage of your body taken up. Probably. Um, yes. So yeah. So so yeah. Going there to with but our no, grandfather. So so grand, grand, So our grandfather worked on MSU. He unlocked all the doors. He could take us to like the ice rink and where they played hockey. And he could just take us all around. But he took us one day and he said, boys, and he like grabbed uh, us and our cousin Davey. Yeah. Takes us and throws us into the van. Yeah. And he said, guys, we're going to campus. And we're like, okay, cool. And he, and what happened was he had heard from his friends in janitorial that the university had just thrown out a bunch of their old like practice jerseys for basketball for football a lot of their equipment so like cleats and all that stuff and exactly what dump big big dumpster <laughs> it was in yeah so he takes us out there no one's out there and then my grandpa's a Grandpa's a big man, like a pretty big like, guy. He was what six three, six four? Probably about six three, six probably about six three, and like he was a bulky man. Yeah. And so he just takes us and we're just like boom, puts it, put our feet down, he just <laughs> chucks us into the dumpster. <laughs> Doesn't tell us what we're there for. And he's like, yeah. guys, what do you see? And we're looking around. And we're like, holy crap, it's all this Michigan State football stuff. Like these yeah. football jerseys that are like at the time, like I remember us wearing them as like pajamas. I, I, I like, still I still have uh, I still have mine. Yeah, and they're yeah. like they were at the time, like they'd go all the way down to our ankles. Like yeah. that's how. So, <laughs> and we didn't know. So I remember like I was holding up like a a jock support, <laughs> like a cup, and be like, "What's this? What's this, Grandpa?" And Grandpa's like, "Put that down and don't tell Grandma or, or your mom that you had touched it." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then like we got we got like these football jerseys. I think we got a pair of cleats that we ended up never doing anything with because they were like yeah, just massive. size twenty seven. And then like the basketball jerseys. I think they were the women's basketball jerseys, and they were they weren't like practice jerseys. They were like they were the actual jerseys. Yeah, women's. I wish I still had them, but like yeah, they were like the women's basketball jerseys. Yeah, I have a. Uh, I actually have a. Uh, I have a. I think the the picture that I gave my. So I've known my wife since we were twelve. Um, the picture I gave my wife when we moved is a picture of me shooting a basketball in my Michigan state Jersey. She still has it to this day. So it's like, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, that was the kind of thing that we would do. And like, I was just thinking about how every single one of my stories, like you're there. Yeah. Yeah. And how lucky we were in that way, because we, like at the time, there's a lot of like different feelings towards being military brats moving around. Yeah. But as an adult, as an adult, like we have, like if we lived in the same town all the time, you would have your group of friends. I'd have my group of friends. Oh, for sure. An age group. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, oh, this is my little brother. And like now we can not talk for like a half a year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pick up and talk. And like, we're still like this. Yeah. Because like we had the same life. I mean, essentially, yeah. Like it's it's like living a, a matrix version of like I can watch you do something, and I'm like I can I know it led you to I can almost like right. deconstruct some of your thought process on something. Like if you go do something, which okay, is so also, you were about sixteen yeah. and I was about eighteen. Like we lived the exact same like childhood, basically. Basically, yeah. Uh, essentially, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, 
and it led to us we have slight slight variances in our personality which has yeah. led to us being uh in fist fights and yes. <laughs> you slamming my head into a plate glass window and locking me out of the house because i was playing mountain dew bottles on the freaking uh fireplace i like that you're leaving out any of the things you did uh oh, yeah, yeah 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 well i mean i start i started the fist fight i punched you first so that yes, was on me exactly that was on me I mean, exactly. But like, we had those things, and like, we probably stressed our mom out to the max because, like, we would. I remember you, my head hitting the plate glass window, and mom being like, "What? That you're gonna kill him?" And like, it was like gonna right. be. Like, and then like thirty minutes later, we were playing like NBA Live on like the PlayStation or something. <laughs> I listen. To, I listen to like wrestling podcasts now, and they'll like talk about like uh, about how like oh their workload's so rough because like they gotta like wrestle like uh, like. 20 matches a month or something like that it was like <laughs> we would wrestle like we would do like 20 matches a day yeah like yeah. we put two matches together and we're like we're like working like full matches like yeah yeah we had that same brain though like we would run full like nba leagues in our basement like full court yeah we would with like on fake hoops like uh, well not fake hoops we had real hoops we had like the real like nerf hoops but yeah, we, would we had run... the nerf hoop on each side of the basement and, yeah like, yeah the, base, the way the basement was split we taped like right off. We taped it off. We taped. We off. taped it off. We took like the masking tape, and we yeah. taped the actual court, <laughs> and we had like a full court, and we're going back and forth. Yeah. And I remember us like sweating. Like yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. we got through the winters in Nebraska. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah, was you can't go outside, so we're just in the basement literally nuts. for like fifteen hours that day. Mm-hmm. And now, as I think about it, as like parents, like having kids of my own, I'm like, man, we yeah. must have been the best kids because like we would literally like wake up, disappear. Go, <laughs> go into the basement just disappear yeah and like except for when we'd get in fights and throw shit at each other because yeah, like yeah. one of us cheated oh yeah yeah for sure. like outside of that like we would disappear for like weeks on end and like yeah our parents could have done like whatever the hell they wanted like i'm, they, sure, I'm sure they did i mean i don't <laughs> i literally don't know like what they did i mean dad dad hunted and mom was right. probably like stressed out that like her kids were like would fight and she it, right. it takes and it would take mom a long time to come down from the stress of that. So she's probably dealing with like the last time we fought for like a sure. week. For sure. Like, and we that, were very yeah. we were very self-sufficient kids. We were. we were. But whether it was that or us like running like on Coach K, like running our own Oh my god. Even when, it, when there was no functionality for it in the video game. There was no tournament to, set up to, to have like a tournament. So we, we would, would write just, them like, down. Run, take on a notebook and write down the tournament and we play kept, we, out the tournament. I so reason I have notebooks to this day. Yes, and so like we would just we would just do stuff like that, and like yeah, me between me and you, and like again, that's something I've come to find out that like isn't everyone's childhood. Yeah, we thought it was normal. Me, me and you were always waking up every morning and kind of like Phineas and Verb. Yeah, like we were basically thinking, oh, yeah, essentially. Sweet, what are we gonna do today? And then like it was this grand plan of like cool. We're gonna try to build a go kart out of like. Uh, oh my god, I forgot about the go kart. We're gonna like we're gonna go get some like uh, lawnmower wheels and try to attach them to a plank and like yeah. Well, to be to be fair, and I'll give all credit to mom. Mom was like very much like we would be like, "Yo, we're gonna build this thing." Mom would just take us and be like, "There's twenty right. bucks. Go here's figure. twenty bucks. Go here. You go. Let's let's try to figure this out today." <laughs> right? Like yeah. she supports our our complete idiocy, but like idiocy. Yeah, which is part of why we are who we are, the humans we are today. But right. Or like, hey, let's let, let's have let's put take our GI Joes and put on a pay per view with our WWE ring, and yeah. 
we want to make it look real and have like the walk up ramp. So let's take all the VHSs in the house, line them up, line them up, oh, and dude, build like so this good. little like stadium around it. Dude, we and would, then, yeah. And that's what we would do. And then like take our GI Joes and like think out, make out our own little like card for the for the event and like yeah. We had running champions. It was like nuts. It was crazy. It was crazy that like looking back on it and the way it's, we structured a lot of that stuff, like very organ organizationally and like, but nothing was like out of bounds. Like the creativity was just like, no, we could imagine doing, we would just do like, yeah, we were like, well, I want to, I want to play a tournament on this game. Oh, it doesn't have that functionality. And they're like, instead of being like, Oh, okay, well, whatever that game sucks. Like we're just yeah. like cool. Let's find a way to Jerry rig it to where like let's find a way to yeah. rig it to make it make it work. <laughs> oh yeah, like we, I remember we'd have it like written down. And it'd be like Syracuse versus UConn, and I'd be like, at, Ray Allen had thirty four points, and John Wallace had twelve. Like it was like yeah. we'd keep these running totals. Like I I can tell you to this day, I was one hundred ninety eight no with UMass on that game because right. we kept records. I never lost with UMass not one yeah. time. And the only time I could ever get you close was with Oklahoma State. That's right, because Big Country was the beast on that game. Yes, like Big Country yeah. could like sometimes almost follow out Marcus Camby, and I could get kind of lucky. <laughs> but then I had Lou Rowe shooting threes. It was yeah. the best. No, it, but those like the fact that we just had that little exchange right there is the most right. ridiculous conversation probably ever on a podcast that we remember that. I was 11, 12. You're the you're the only person where I can I can not talk to you like you said we didn't yeah. talk before the except for the vacation and before that probably like six months yeah 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 it had been a while because like I I had a like lot we'll shoot each other like our Fanduel like whatever we're doing yeah. on Fanduel or something like that and like, yeah. like hey what do you think about this roster but like it, it's almost not, like a dri- like a drive by it's almost like we drive by it's like yes. like we'll we'll knock off like 10, 10 texts in a row and like we'll right. just won't then someone will just stop texting and it'll just stop and then it'll just pick up like three months later but like me and you can pick up at any point yeah it's just like and like neves got to see that my wife got to see that for the first time this, during the vacation and she was just oh like, yeah oh my god you two together like it's just like this and like you just like pick up and you're like boom right there yeah for sure yeah it's uh well it's like one of those things where it's like you you have this bond and it's like you're the only person i'm a i'm very and i know you're very much this way too we are both people you could throw in a room and we can chat up anybody and people be like, Oh my God, you're so social, but we're probably both really extreme loners. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sure. Like, but I think the the only, which we're in our own head. Yeah. Levels like, like at where like we're off thinking about, we're sitting in the room with someone, but we're thinking about something and still creating, creating in our head the same way we were thinking when we were kids about like, yeah how, i want to do this but i don't want to do it in the conventional way i want to do it like there's really like no safe way to explain that to someone who's probably more normal yeah 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 no we definitely probably and, seem off and so with me and you when we're together like and we're thinking about like oh let's do this and let's do this in this way and this like with me and you there's like no judgment in a way oh yeah yeah because like, we're both like oh yeah i see why you want to do that i i know why you're thinking about doing it that way and that yeah. actually makes really good sense to me yeah no a lot of that time that's how it works like is like we have this like very equal sensibility and then like if we look at things that's why like i think over the years while we've been separated in different yeah. areas like if i see you do something that seems off to me i that's usually when i check in with you 
It's because yeah. I'm like, why are you thinking that? Like, that's a like a if I can't rationalize in my brain, and I'm sure it's probably the same for you because I know I've gotten texts from you where you're like, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're like the person who probably most thinks like me. Yeah, and I there, and I don't think any we think probably much like anyone else that I've ever met. I've I've never met right. anyone who thinks in a in a way that I think like. Yeah. in a in a structure because i think a lot of what i think i don't i've probably never even expressed anybody because like the way I, the way i get to it there's like if there was a step one two three four five six seven eight nine ten i i'm probably like one six ten twelve like and 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 that's for the good and for the bad like me yeah. and you can like sit here and both be like oh it's really cool that we think like and all this stuff. oh yeah yeah definitely there's a lot of times where i like see people like manage life easier especially oh, yeah. now, like we're both approaching like we're like our late 30s and Forties uh, yeah. and, for, and getting in forties and like you're just yeah. like, man, like it's cool that I think the way I do and, it, and I and I have a genius intelligence level intelligence and like yeah I don't know yourself, if I do like, but and you have to think <laughs> and I've been well I've been tested and like you just you can it's cool that we think that way yeah and that we've had the experience that we've got too and like I've got to be a professional artist I got to work with Upper Deck and Tops and. All right, so we had at a point we had a bad uh, internet connection there for a second, so we are going to slip back right into where we were, and that's with John talking about how some people function better as adults because of the way they think. Yes, <laughs> I think I think we had more creative childhoods, but like uh, sometimes as an adult, it's easier to just kind of like think along the normal path than just you know not think out of the box. It kind of gets you a little bit further. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, anytime you think along the normal path, there's a reason why it's normal, right? But I think, oh, this is going to be, it's going to be tough because so like, I think people have normal thought processes and they do things in a way that like is probably the more norm. So they have a more boring, but probably better trajectory. But I think much like I stated a, a couple minutes ago, well, I think like most people think one, two, three, four, five. We, I think one, five, 10, 12. I think I can make up for that that gap so it may be like a i may be like this but then i go and like they are like yeah. this a little bit more slight steady but we can catch up and get in the same spot so it's a kind of weird the way you think of things also i think certain things become possible when you don't think along that that more route of of mainstream oh definitely like especially in like the field of art like you uh, some of the things that i do with my artwork specifically like um so we have never talked about it but with my markers like specifically yeah there i i work entirely with markers just these like these tiny little like chroma markers before that shout, I worked with shout, shout out shout, i was gonna say shout out your company that you sponsor Ooh. so chroma sponsors me uh shout out me. chroma awesome awesome stuff you showed me when you were there you had just gotten them they look awesome at chroma nyc on uh instagram their markers are great. Uh, so previous to me working with Chroma, I worked with Copic. So yep. these markers are alcohol-based ink. Yeah. So they can work a little bit like watercolor. They blend with each other. There's no markers that you can compare to them. But like if you go to Michael's, they're $9 per marker. Yeah. They're really expensive. You can buy refills, but you have to like know kind of know where to go get the refills. Yeah. Um, so really, like the only way it's even sane to work with Copic markers is if you're a professional artist. Yeah. Because it's the only way it's paying for itself. Like, it's not really a hobbyist marker. 
Well, Chroma decided to jump into the game and they do a marker very similar. I think the ergonomics of it is a little bit better, uh, but they do the exact same thing. You can blend them, they're alcohol based, the nibs are great. Uh, but anyway, when you do it, when you work with them, they're built kind of to do like anime artwork. Okay. So really cartoony artwork with a slight little blend. So like, you know how sometimes in anime they have like blushing. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Nobody before me was doing these photorealistic portraits. Well, I've seen what you've done with them. So like, yeah, no, they're, they, there's no, from before to now, there's no, there's no drop off. It's. And so what you're supposed to do, right? So if you're, if you're laying out a face, like you would, you would put down the lightest peach color and you would then put like the pink over top to like, for like the blushing cheeks and you would put in the darker colors after that. And that's how you're, you're taught to do the markers. I started doing them the way I was doing colored pencils. And I used to always work with colored pencils. Then my hands got to the point where they were like breaking down because of how much I was using colored pencils. Yeah. So I needed to switch to markers and started with uh, Prismacolor markers. They weren't doing quite what I wanted them to do. Yeah. And then I was told about these and I told about the Copics. I tried the Copics. And so what happens is when you use those markers, like, I I didn't watch. I purposely like kind of like you were talking about how we skipped those steps. Like yeah. I skipped the step of like <laughs> watching a tutorial. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I just bought these markers. I'm just gonna draw with the markers. I'm just gonna go and see where it takes me. Yeah, and so I didn't know I was fucking with my markers. I didn't know I was, I was like taking these really expensive markers. And I was kind of like breaking them. Yeah, but I would take the dark brown marker, put it down first. Kind of like you would with like a colored pencil. Yeah. And then you would take the lighter color and kind of work into that color. Okay. Pull it out with like the lighter color. Yeah. And then you'd have like all of these tones in between. You could do oh, that with yeah, colored yeah. pencil, but nobody was doing that with copy marker. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, let's just see if it does it. So I'd put in the darker color. And if you work really fast, you have to have to keep the markers in your hands. So that color is still <laughs> wet. Yeah. And so I work really, really fast and I'll just go pull off the next color, go in, pull it out and then pull it out with another color and pull it out with another color until you yeah. have like all of these tones in a face and you basically work it like a watercolor. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And nobody else was doing this. And like I have Copic really quick started featuring my artwork on their Instagram. I remember that. And that was a big, that was a big deal for you. Up. Like, yeah. I went to like having like a hundred people following me to like, now it's like I think like seventeen thousand people following me. Uh, seventeen point four, I believe, is what I saw this morning when I looked at your Instagram page. And so what happened was like got, you ended up getting like uh, so many messages underneath, like how this isn't done with Copic. This isn't done with Copic. Like people were like, "This why are why are you guys featuring this? This clearly wasn't done with Copic. Like you can't do this with Copic." Yeah. Or like, and then people would be like, "How are you doing this with Copic? this with Copic?" Yeah. And I resisted doing like a how-to video for a long time because like I kind of had the secret and like I was the only yeah. one doing this. But then like there were some artists who I saw who were like really good and couldn't figure it out, and I started giving away the secret to like other young artists. So I saw that I, a little bit of me in. Yeah, but you work dark to light, and you just you work it more like colored pencils or like watercolor pencils or watercolor. And if you do it that way, the markers will do that portrait, but 
but you blow through the markers like 10 times. Yeah, as for sure. Yeah. Like you're, you're not, these things are like race cars of marker of like art supplies. And I'm like using them like they're like a monster truck that like, like I'm trying to like. <laughs> you're like gas. You're just blowing all the gas out. You're like. Pfft. Right. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like at a demolition derby with my markers and like <laughs> these race cars. Like this is like pull up a Bugatti into like a, like a demolition derby. Yeah. But they work and then you get these like really, really realistic portraits. Like I'm just doing like these sketch cards right now and like. Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's just that, that, that kind of stuff is amazing. Is that Lamar? That's Lamar Jackson, right? On top. That's Lamar Jackson on top. By the way, just so you know, at home, it looks just like Lamar Jackson. And my box that I'm like literally looking at him in is like a size of like less than like a nickel. So that's how real oh, yeah. that looks. Is oh, yeah. That Javier Baez face is like yeah. the size of a nickel. Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm saying from on, on my, well, yeah, that is true. I didn't even think of that. I'm talking about, I didn't even know who that was. I'm saying you didn't tell me. And I'm looking at your little box screen that I'm like talking to you in. And it's sure. like the size of a nickel. And I can tell you that whole portrait. So I can tell you that's yes. who that is. Just yeah. by looking at it. So if you're not watching and you're listening to the podcast, just know that it's awesome, uh, amazing stuff. Like, yeah. But that's and and that's all. Like just learning, and that was from the Chroma. Do it from a two. And much the opposite. Like if I did a tutorial, if I watched, that's where your logic of like us skipping those steps. I literally wouldn't be able to do what I did. Yeah, as yeah. An artist, if I had watched the tutorial and used them properly, done it the way that I was supposed to properly use the marker. Yeah, I believe that's called breaking a mold. Um, that's a uh, typical like that would be like anybody who's like does anything kind of out of the box uh, in anything like sports or whatever. It's like sometimes you you need the people who are going to do the things that are going to average people are going to know, but then you yeah. kind of need those people to like kind of push. It, whether they know they're pushing it or not, but be able to just be like, this is how I'm going to do it. Cause that's how my brain works. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, and, and that's how our brain works. And that's how it's like, you know, if I break down, like how I make a, make a cartoon and my cartoons are nowhere near where I envision them going. Like, I think they will get better and better. Uh, that's oh, why yeah. I haven't put one out in a while. Is Cause I, I'm trying to get more, uh, make it more kind of make my own style. I want my own style. I want my little like signature touch on it. And so like, I'm, I've been putting off doing them. I've been, I've put some together, but I'm like, they're not exactly what I want. So I'm not just going to release them. So like I'm putting, I'm going to make it where it's my signature touch, which is what you do. You have a signature touch. And like, yeah. I think that's like, you have to, you almost have to fail, which this leads to one of the questions I didn't send you before. Which was going <laughs> yeah. on, um, is when was a time that you failed but you learned exponentially from it. Is there anything you have that like is like that where you were like this piece of art, I'm going to do direct this way. And then you failed so hard at it, but it taught you so much more that got you almost more benefit out of it. Anything uh, you can think of or is it, or, or, or for you, are they smaller? Are they like, Oh, I thought like this, like I'm going to do this portrait. And then like we were talking earlier, you did this portrait, but then you you forced the background in and then you like had to learn like, don't force the background in because if it's not probably my biggest failing that like I still struggle with, but like has kind of figuring out how to deal with that problem. It has helped me is uh, time is like management and management of my brain. So like the, 
a lot of times I can do the sketch cards on autopilot. Yeah. It's just, you're watching sports. You're, you know what athletes are hot right now. You've got, you're, that's what you're doing. You're drawing those. Yeah. Cause you're doing like a marketing almost in a sense too. Cause you are like, you're dealing with like a, like an ad agency. You're like, who's hot. Cause that's going to increase stuff. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it, you're always having to watch the product's better. If you watch sports, you don't have yeah. to watch sports, but like listening to sports podcasts, watching sports, you know, what athletes are like at the peak of like conversation at that moment. And so you, that's, that's a large part of the job, but yeah. at the same time, because it's so uninteresting to me, because it's, it's kind of autopilot. Cause like I'm drawing the same athlete a lot of times, four or five times in a month. Yeah. And it's been the day job for 20 years now. Yeah. I'm thinking of like this big portrait that I want to do. Yeah. And I've, and then I'm not able to, because of the sports cards that are so in demand, I'm not able to do that portrait all in one day. Like I'd want to do Yeah, or in two days, like I'd want to do. And like, it sits there for a little while. And then I get another idea. And so it's been ideal management. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes and, sense. and so a lot of my failure has come from having a really cool idea and to sit there for a little bit. Like, okay. So many it's almost like be, being able to like, yeah. Yes. Okay. And so like, I've just had to so, so almost like running yourself off a cliff. You're almost like you have to like, uh, keep yourself on the ledge. So you got to yeah. almost have to slow down, which as we've just detailed is tough for the way we think. Yeah, and so I've had to really, really had to learn how to, like, if I'm thinking of a project, um, lay out the planning of that project, keep it somewhat organized so I can bounce back into it if I want to, um, keep better notes about projects that I want to work on. Okay. And then stay focused on the sports art when I'm working on the sports art because if yeah. not, like, you're – always working at half speed because your brain is off somewhere else. Yeah. And so it's just, so that took us through, you were talking about obviously like ideal management and thinking through that. So that's like one of the things that you're like, you've, you're learning as you go, which, which is honestly like, I think very helpful probably to younger artists. Cause I think younger artists, you might think through like, they have all these ideas, but it's okay to like, like, so like in my, my form, I'll speak kind of like on both of our parts here is like, I have probably like four cartoons probably in the can. They're done. I could release them, but I'm not because I don't like them. So like I'm, I would rather much rather put all the time into relearning. So like the lesson I learned was I went through the reps of doing it. And now that's going to lead me to a better product later on. So like, don't be in such a rush necessarily. Yeah. And same thing here. Like I've just recently started, to do pieces ahead of time and keep them kind of in the can. Yeah. Which it's I mean just, is important. It is, especially with me doing the sports art. So like on the Instagram that I where it's kind of like my artistic portfolio. Yeah. In a way is how I use it. And like, that's my artistic voice is I don't post a lot of the sports art stuff. I don't like the day job stays separate from that. Yeah. So People will think, oh, John's not working, or John's wonder what why John's not drawing. And I'll be drawing, but I'm doing sports art nonstop for like 
two weeks and then like, yeah. nothing gets posted on the Instagram. <laughs> so it's not that I disappeared and just stopped doing artwork. It's I was doing artwork, just a different kind of artwork. Yeah, and you uh, and you 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 have a a crowd that's kind of like that sort of so like like the sports art almost like is like uh seen as like not not necessarily as like artistic. Correct. And so like bush which is bullshit because it's like super right. artistic, but it's like the artistic of like let's do like a. And I guess that's just the way it's always been. Sports art has typically been almost like a lower tier. It's like a right. kind of niche kind of thing that hasn't been seen as like the pinnacle of art. Like you don't see like sports art in, in museums. No. And the reason I'm able to do as good of a portrait as I, as I am, as I can do right now, like on a larger piece is because I'm doing these like micro portraits. And I'm yeah. Doing like, you know, six eight of them a day sometimes and like have been doing that for 20 years now so doing all these little micro portraits when you work on a bigger portrait it's so much easier yeah i can so imagine it's, it's, it's so it's, it's it, the art is the same for me it's just but if you post it on your instagram yeah that's all art more artistic yeah you would lose a lot of followers like but that's this. a that's the thing, right? It's like a mu- it's like a museum in a sense of it, this is like the closest I've seen because I know people will talk about curating their social media and yes. all that kind of stuff. But like curating, I always think of museums and art museums in general, and like you're basically curating that line for yeah. that's what it is. Even though you're doing all this other stuff, which is which is a uh, super awesome and I mean, I your art stuff is some of my favorite stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. So. um I absolutely love that. Speaking of that, I wanted to, uh, uh, one of the questions I, I'm going to rephrase that one of the questions that I sent you. Uh, it was going to be like three most influential people or whatever, but like, what are your like three favorite artists all time? Like that, like, I, cause I know for you and I know, I, I don't know if they're the same now, but I know some of your past favorite artists that you've been, you've liked, um, mm-hmm. and your stuff is nothing like theirs. <laughs> <laughs> no so it's kind of very interesting like the i don't think people would key in if they saw you and be like oh that yours favorite artist must be blah like they're not like and it's funny because like some of the some of the artists professional artists who follow me now yeah and they're like oh your art's like some of my favorite artwork their artwork is completely like animation style and yeah. it's it's not anything approaching photorealistic i think it i think that's a function of like your you you look at the thing that you can't do and you say, uh, oh, oh, how do they do that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, cause your brain doesn't work that way. So yeah, you, look, that makes sense. you look at it and you say, Oh, if only I could do that. Yeah. And the grass is always greener. Um, that makes sense. And so with me, like my favorite artist growing up was Grant Wood. And right. like, he, he was the first time I got to go to a museum and see someone's artwork that was like, where I'm looking right at the painting that they did. Yeah. And just got to see all of the Grant Wood artwork, American Gothic. And yeah, shout out to shout out to mom and dad. I we were we lived in Omaha and like for some reason they had a Grant Wood exhibit, which was like I know you were already a fan before, but like we actually went to go see American Gothic in person. We saw it. Yeah, and he was from he was neighboring uh from neighboring Iowa. And so yeah. he's an Iowa artist. But yeah, they happened to have it in Lincoln and we got to we got to go out to Lincoln and got to see the paintings in person and just you see the color in it and uh 
like the shape and his, his artwork is so cartoonish and especially like his landscapes like Stone yeah. City, Iowa, yeah. which is one of my favorite paintings and just the way that everything is curved and there's no straight line in it at all and yeah the, the colors are so vibrant and it's I, I, will, I will say that i do see that in yours I, so i guess that is something that in a weird way you've kind of extrapolated into your style Right. When I do colors, so like I'm, I'm becoming more known for like my black and white portraits. Yeah. But when I do colors, they're, I, I'm, I'll always be like, oh, I'm going to do this one kind of moody. I'm going to, that's not if I'm like, I'm doing this one, I'm going to do this one kind of moody and it's going to be kind of like <laughs> muted colors. And then it comes out like this like neon thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh crap, I better put some filters on this or something. Cause like, <laughs> It's meant to be like moody, but like I can't. I always go pull from the markers, and I always end up pulling out like the most vibrant color possible. Yeah. Okay, now I'm gonna stop you there. Question: Do you think that has anything to do with growing up in Grandma's house? Probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> Which no one's gonna get except for our family. But my grandma has basically random shapes on the wall, and they're all different colors: blue, orange, red. It's like super like interesting like the wall is it's i mean it's that's 100 percent why like a lot of the comment on my background is that they're too busy yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's 100 that, that wall yeah so okay so grant wood obviously which i knew i knew grant wood would be one of them there's another one i'm not sure if they still on your and then and then like honestly uh mucha was a huge boy look at like he would do the same thing as I do. Like you trick the person into like looking at this yeah. piece because of this beautiful, you know, curved woman in the front. And then you, the more you look yeah. in the background, the more detail you see and like the more, Oh yeah. It, it, so like completely, that's a huge influence on me. Like the way I, I had this huge Mucha art book and I would just like flip through it. And I started seeing like these beautiful landscapes and these beautiful, really high detailed, scenery in the background and it's really only once you look past that front thing that gets you in yeah that you see all of that beautiful work and so and it was yeah it was something also with me like being a sports artist and liking his artwork is that he did all of his work commercially yeah yeah that's so what like I, was gonna, he, I was just thinking so like he wasn't doing his work for museums he was doing his work for posters for advertisement like he did a lot. He did some of the like the old like uh like uh Moet, uh yep, and like cigarette and cigarette, cigarette ads. ads and, yeah, yep. Uh, Absent is is uh, like he a lot of his his stuff was used for like plays and um, he was like almost like the forefather of that like that gen that that style too, wasn't he? Like, yeah, of, like, oh yeah, that. yeah. Art, he was the, he was the first person really doing Art Nouveau on that level. Yeah. using him and Grant. Yeah. And then, like, honestly, like, looking at stuff like Caravaggio and, like, Michelangelo and seeing, like, how they did, like, I love a lot of the Renaissance and more Baroque paintings. Like, yeah. Because of how realistic they were. And so that's probably the closest to what I do that I like. Because like my, I wouldn't say my stuff is like Mucha, and I wouldn't say my stuff is like Grant Wood, 
yeah. I take elements from I can see the elements, yeah. From yeah. them. But like I really try to make my stuff look really re realistic and really dramatic. And like even like the one I was working on right now of Lamar Jackson, like the face highlights. Yeah. In the cheeks and the chin and the nose. Like I look for reference to draw that look that I know I can make look kind of like say a Caravaggio that's like a dramatic pose and Yeah. Dude, I, so, yeah, some of the stuff you do, yeah, like some of these, the, the size of them, it's like, is very impressive. But like, even blown up to a bigger size would be super impressive. Like, just like, it, there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of layers in just a flat for like, being, for being art. It's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. And, but, but like, but like my favorite, like when I talk about like my favorite artists, like those are like the ones that like kind of influence where I got. Yeah. But like, a lot of my favorite artists are comic book artists because, like, oh, yeah, me, yeah. me reading comic books and stuff, <laughs> and, like, I they're can they're fairly contemporary, and I've met a lot of them. But like, their style is completely, completely the opposite of anything that I do, and like, yeah. I could never imagine <laughs> doing anything like they do it. So yeah, that's like a that's like a respect thing, just among like your peer, yeah. like a peer, like you're like I respect that that person does that, and it's it's awesome at that way. That's a and uh i know like yeah you're a huge comic book like fan so you i know you would uh <laughs> you'd definitely be uh, uh a fan of that style for sure and it's not something i think for a long time i think it's something you thought you wanted to do but like i think oh yeah like there was a large part of it that'd be like oh it'd be so great to do like a cover for marvel and dc and but like the more i look at like where that's going it's going a lot more cartoony yeah and not it's going a lot less realistic yeah for sure for sure and so makes sense. Like I would I would love to do it if they swing back around to like doing these like really realistic, like hyper detailed covers, but like it's easy now comic books are going less from selling in on the magazine rack and they're selling digitally. Yeah. So the people who are buying the comics are like kind of already hooked in, kinda of like with trading cards, where they're gonna buy that next comic regardless of what's on the cover. Yeah. So they're spending less on like really detailed covers and which makes sense. And just throwing on like basically like a drawing of something that would be inside the cover and the, so so there's no not that differentiation okay no. so i got two more questions for you actually i have one more question for you and then i'm gonna have you actually uh, so i'll pl plant the seed so my last question is what question would you ask to my next guest because i'm that's my thing since you're my first guest i'm gonna have my guest ask one question of the next guest and i don't even know who the next guest is so it doesn't matter just make it whatever and we'll probably vin diesel figure it out it's gonna be vin diesel for sure like what <laughs> we're gonna talk about fast and the fury yes. so, so i'm gonna, so I'm gonna have a question about second. like uh about like how uh how, how it was working on triple x <laughs> dude just like the most random question just like was ah. it like really cold like did you need to wear that jacket like <laughs> <laughs> that's that jacket was cool though. I that jacket. yeah that was that was so think about a question that you would you would ask if you could ask a question to anyone and and, and no i'm gonna ask the next i'm literally gonna ask the next person your question so it's gonna be really awkward when i ask the triple x question like it's not vin diesel yeah probably okay for sure but okay so my he's like your local dentist and <laughs> yeah like he's like what are, what are you talking about yeah no yeah it would be awkward as i'll get out um so last question i have for you is what is something you wish you knew going into your profession that you learned along the way that you wish you had known up front? Like, which would either help you like get better or something that like faster or like something that like you, it would just be a good foundation to like have started from. 
I ooh. I wish I had started with markers. Okay. Like, just <laughs> just just being an artist who who now is like approaching 40 and like my hand is like really the limitation of my day like yeah how, how much portrait work i get done or how much work i get done is based on how how long i can go before my hand is in bits yeah like, yeah yeah i wish i didn't spend the first 10 years of my career working with color pencils and pencils and push and like working them down to the nubs and like Forcing. like the abuse i put on my hand in that first 10 years i just wish that i had gone yeah. to markers earlier because the yeah. the amount of wear and tear you put on your hand is so much less so so can i i know, I, I know they were I, around at the time i just wish that like <laughs> somewhere i had like stumbled upon them on them early. to do them yeah it makes sense so like uh so like uh kind of speaking of that going into it i don't know how much i don't know how much you've you've talked about it but uh i know your thumb is has yes. had some issues you've like literally had to get like toradol jammed into there right oh yes so like my <laughs> thumb my i have i have arthritis in my thumb yeah uh, i have carpal tunnel forming yeah. like thankfully not as bad as it could be um but then i have like also like a little bit of like a loose joint so it's like a subluxation uh, oh speaking happens. of this i i've never touched on this and i've me meant to touch on it multiple times both of us have a form of eller stanlos yes so which I which I, which I know I've heard in multiple podcasts recently, which is nice to just getting a little more awareness. Uh, we've lived yeah. with it our entire life. I have it to a much lesser degree than you do. You have it to a much higher degree. You are like Gumby when it comes to joints. Oh yeah, my thumb. So my thumb is unstable. Yes. So like it doesn't it it pops in and out of joint. Um, I have arthritis in there. Uh, I have the carpal tunnel. So. I, I rotate between getting shots in the thumb joint and they can't do it back to back times. And yeah. then in the wrist. Ooh. And so like this last time was in the wrist, but it's a cortisone steroid. Cortisone oh, steroid. And so like they'll, uh, it, it helps. Like the, the last one really helped and it bought me like a month of like pain free drawing. Yeah. And there's certain gels that they can give you and medications that they can give you to like limit the swelling and the, yeah, like you need hey, a you need a you need a tiger balm for endorsement, like right. That's, that's the next endorsement <laughs> that I'm looking for is like tiger balm. Yeah, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Like I know you put your your body through some through some shit, so that's why. Like I I definitely want to point that out because like I think that's super fucking impressive. Like it's the it's, amount it, that you produce. I know it's not like a cool points kind of thing, but it's like no it's the not. fact the fact that like I know you wish you didn't have to, but like the fact that like you are so proficient while yeah. dealing with that is like something that's super impressive. Well, and you get like tattooers back, like where you're like always hunched over. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And so like, definitely, yeah. there's a bit of that. It's not nearly as bad. Uh, um, the doctor said you need a bacchiotomy. The doctor said I need a bacchiotomy, exactly. <laughs> but like, it's definitely repetitive wear. On like, if you had a machine that drew for you like all day for like twenty years, yeah, like there'd be bits breaking down, and that's basically what I am. Is like, yeah, you know, that's funny. Repetitive just... wear. Yeah, I mean, like, I never really thought of that. But, yeah, like, even a machine would break down after. Yeah, if you had, like, a machine that went from, like, here to here to here, and those, like, parts just kept drawing, like, they would break down over 20 years. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, you're, I mean, you're basically, like, a, it's like an athletic pursuit, essentially. You're putting yourself through this yeah. condensed form of, like, wear and tear. Yeah, so. Well, cool. I appreciate you coming on to my podcast. This will not be the last time. I definitely think you will be back on at some point. 
You say I, that now. I, I literally got through three questions of the list that like I wanted to ask you. Yeah. That's how great our conversation is. That's just how easy we flow. So my last question for you is, what question would you like to ask anybody? Uh, <laughs> uh, how, like, I'm always, when I watch interviews, the thing that always makes me the most interested is when they ask the person, like, what made them, like, first want to, like, when was the point in their life that they first had a thought of doing what they ended up doing. Okay. So like if, if the person's a dentist or if the person's an actor, whatever they do. Yeah. What, what was the first point in your life where you like had like a touchstone or a moment where you thought, Oh, I might want to do that. Or I could do that. Nice. Okay. Like That's for good. me as an artist, like I, like I remember like just drawing off of like, Com like reading a comic book and then drawing like my own like comic book type thing and just thinking oh it'd be so cool to do that one day or when we made like our own wrestling we buy wrestling cards and then we would draw our own wrestling cards and make up yeah. our own little wrestlers and stuff and like thinking oh it'd be so cool to do that one day yeah or we cut up the wrestling magazine <laughs> and then we'd get cardboard and we would make our own designs of our own trading yeah, yeah. cards like literally we were doing at that point like what i ended up doing for a career yeah that is true yeah and it was just like that was like the first moment in my head of like grandma's copying machine oh yeah yeah and like the stuff that we had in the house and we would make our own like little trading cards resourcefulness yeah and i think that's right something you've 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 so shown throughout your career as well like a lot of resourcefulness oh yeah and so like just i think that's that's what i would love to know but anytime I listen to your podcast and listen to someone else is just like, what, what's the, what got them yeah. in, at the or very earliest point, even if it wasn't like, Oh, at that point I knew I was going to be an artist. Like what was the first time that you ever had an even inkling of a thought? Yeah. Like the, when was the seed planted? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah that makes sense. That's a, that's a good, that's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's going to be the end of our podcast for today. I'm going to... Vin Diesel's going to be like, I looked in the mirror one day and I just, <laughs> I just flexed a little. I just knew it was right. I knew <laughs> knew I had to be put this face in front of a camera. Vin Diesel. Dude, Vin Diesel. Yeah, that dude. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, that guy has, like, the weirdest career ever. Like, between, like, the Iron Giant and, like, Groot to, like, Fast and the Furious 72 and, like... Oh, yeah. Everything in between. Like, you're like, that dude's got a strange career when you look at his work there's like no one else could like put on a coat and just like slide down like a railing in <laughs> russia and you're yeah. like i'm in yeah like dude i mean that dude still <laughs> makes bangers like people are like he does and diesel's in that i'll watch it like you're like okay yeah dude pitch black was a legit like i know what i'm getting yeah oh dude i don't know how many times i've watched pitch black at least 700 uh, times just recently watched it again Good i don't movie. know yeah, dude, it's yeah. Yeah. Sequels a little iffy, but like uh Vin Diesel and sequels, <laughs> I would say aren't very good, but he's on number seven thousand of Fast and Furious, so we're good on that. That's true. Although nothing I think the first one's still the best, but whatever. Yeah. But well, so that's gonna be the end of the podcast. Thank you, John, for coming. How can every I actually I lied, I do have one more question. How can everybody follow you on the social media platforms? If you can go to Naj Fotra, 
Art of John backwards, just N-O-J-F-O-T-R-A underscore artist on Instagram. From there, you can find everything else. Like, all right. I think that you, I, you can follow my Twitter. It'll. I tried. To, I tried to follow you on Twitter. You have a blocked Twitter, not a blocked Twitter, a f- private Twitter. Just so you know. Oh, your Twitter is private. I got to change that to public. So you have really to, I think you have. I think you have to accept people. So I. I put a friend request in. <laughs> whatever, so I can follow. Very you. cool. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same though, Nash Fotra underscore artist. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm going to I'll I'll link out to the both those as well. Um, and I look forward to having you back on. And the last thing I wanted to do because this is a very transparent podcast, and I don't think too many people do this, and I think more people should do this, uh, especially like man to man. I love you, man. I love you, brother. Like I don't say it enough, probably, and I'm going to say it in a public forum because I think more people should. Except oh, definitely. That, that that you can love somebody that way, and and fucking, I wouldn't be who I am without you. So I we we grew up with that. It wasn't said as often, and we make sure we both say it to our kids. Damn and right, it's a, it's a huge thing that we both do because we yeah. didn't hear it a lot. Yeah, and and I not to slam our parents. Our parents just no, that, that no, way. it's just it's just not the so that not the way to say it. you know they said it another way. And I and I'll say our dad actually says it more than probably both of us now. Yeah, <laughs> so. So I love I love you, man, and thank you for being on my podcast. I love you anytime, anytime. Uh, all right, guys, catch you guys next time, and uh, we'll see you on the other side for episode number twelve next time. All right, peace.